Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner in crime, Daniel. Hello. And today we have got an interesting episode for you as always, but today we've got it's kind of like a numbers one, isn't it, Dan? If you ex- you probably explain it better than me. I thought you would be able to explain it better than <laughs> a statistician. We're going to focus on business and health, which is what we like to talk about. Mm. But everyone loves a good statistic or facts and figures, and especially numbers, because we can relate to them, and some of them are pretty shocking when we're going to read them out. So we're just going to chuck some numbers at the listeners about business or health and then give you a few little facts about those numbers. Yeah. So uh, yes, as Dan mentioned there, I used to be a statistician, although I've kind of blanked all of that out of my life now. But yeah, it's still there inside of me sometimes, but we all love a good fact, don't we? Yeah. I haven't, I'm not going to bring back some like repressed memories. <laughs> Maybe I'll start breaking down in a bit. <laughs> oh no, I can't cope anymore. <laughs> no, I have um, I've dealt with that area of my life. <laughs> so what do you want to, should we start with health facts? Because I thought they were... Okay, so I'll go with your first one. Yeah, so... fact. Dan's fascinating fact. <laughs> Should I give each one a logo, like a jingle? Is this going to be like, because I know you like Big Bang Theory, is it going to be like fun with flags? Fun with flags. I sometimes, <laughs> when in the early days when we were doing this podcast, I used to think we were like fun with flags. <laughs> <laughs> it was about as professional, wasn't it? <laughs> that no one will be listening. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, so my first health numbers fact is about blood and blood makes up 8% of your body weight. Okay. And if you got your blood vessels and strung them out next to each other, they would make up a hundred thousand kilometers or four times around the equator, which is a long way. It's a long way. Yeah. Yeah, Four times around the equator. Yeah. So me and you were talking about this off air as well. So if you're feeling well or you have some sort of disease the traditional thing to do is get a blood test to try and detect what's going on. But a lot of the time, the test can come back. We've probably all experienced it where the test come back and says, oh, well, there's nothing wrong. The doctor will say, oh, well, we've checked the results and you're fine. But your blood is so important that it can, it can take nutrition and minerals and things like calcium from the rest of your body to make itself healthy because it's so important. So there could actually be an issue somewhere else in your body, but your blood is so vital it keeps itself healthy. So under a blood test, it looks like there's nothing wrong when there really is an issue. Mm, yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really interesting. So I've got a little fact for you. At any one time in your life, like any time in your life, there's a quarter of your blood is located in your kidneys. The old filtration system. Exactamundo. Yeah. So people think of like the heart as being the blood organ, but it's actually your kidneys. So you know, is it your forearm is the exact size of your foot have you heard that before yes i have yeah and i think is it when you put your arms like your wingspan is how tall you are but i oh. think your heart is the same size as your fist so closed fist is about the size of your heart oh, so there's no for you. yeah because you also have that theory that food <laughs> it's not a theory it's not a theory i'm going to send you the book yeah <laughs> yeah i'm never entirely convinced about dan's dan's theory it's not your theory but that food that looks like things is good for the bits of like broccoli, for example, looks like brain. Yeah. So no, no, it's walnuts. 
All right. Yeah. Broccoli, <laughs> See, broccoli is the lungs because they look like the alveoli. In oh, the lungs. right. Got you. Got yeah. you. Celery is bones. Right. Avoca- like a avocado is when women are pregnant. So it's like a fetus inside of a womb. So can men not eat avocados then? Uh, well, they can. They might, get, they might just <laughs> develop a baby. And there's a few other ones. Oh, I can't remember them off the top of my head. Oh, okay. carrots for eyesight. That's carrots. another one. But if you cut the carrot and you're under a microscope, it looks, is that like the iris of an eye? Right, cut, yeah. There's a few. I think a tomato is good for the heart because when you chop it open, you can see the, it looks like the chambers of a heart. So right. a tomato in half. Yeah, but all these foods are like you're, you're totally just like <laughs> just pacifying <laughs> me because I know you don't believe it. <laughs> uh, I'm yet to be convinced about that, but all of the foods are good foods anyway, aren't they? So oh yeah, like, of course. Doesn't cut a bar of chocolate in half and say that's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, go I'd on like then. So that what's, what's your okay. uh, first? Well, oh. I've, this one's dead interesting. So it's. £96,546.79p. Now, you already know what this is, but it is the average cost that the Royal Society for Chemistry calculated that it would cost to buy the ingredients to make a human. So Benedict Cumberbatch, in fact. What was the, what was the price again? Nine... £96,546.79p. I think if you put an offer in for Cumberbatch for that, I think they would, they would probably demand a bit higher. Yeah, well, they've used Benedict Cumberbatch as like the average human. So um, I'll break it down for you. We're mostly made of oxygen and hydrogen, which are actually two quite cheap elements. So oxygen would cost £8.90, and our hydrogen would cost £16. Nitrogen would cost 27p. And we're mostly made of carbon, £30 worth of carbon, and that would cost 44300 So that's going to cost the most. Calcium, phosphorus, and potassium would cost us £47,000. Theranium would cost us 21p. Tin would cost us 4p. Zirconium and niobium would cost us 2p. There are 59 elements to make up a human, and 24 of those are essential. And that's not including labour or VAT. <laughs> hey, there we go. That would <laughs> interesting, be... isn't it? Yeah, that's really interesting. That's a... I've never <laughs> even heard of that before. What would you do? Would you just download consciousness through like a hard drive or something? Yeah. Well, you'd have to build the human first. Yeah. You'd have to pay like £10 a month for iCloud. <laughs> yes. So you've got to put that on there. That would take it up yeah. to like 100 grand after a few years. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's like Frankenstein's monster, isn't it? You could take recycle parts from other bits of humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting a bit like Westworld or something now that's Robocop <gasps> I love Westworld that's one of my favourite films <laughs> <laughs> the old one with Yul Brynner in that is such a good film um, yeah so there you go that would be to build Benedict Cumberbatch I've cool. built Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> <laughs> right, so my second one is a bit of a disgusting one so the human the average human produces between half a litre and a litre of saliva each day. Good old spit. <laughs> <laughs> and that works out at two full bathtubs per year or in a lifetime, it would be two swimming pools of saliva. Uh, I know, it's pretty disgusting, isn't it? Can you imagine? Yeah, Ooh. but it's essential for digestion. So digestion starts in the mouth. It starts to break food down even before 
uh, as soon as you start eating it. But even before you start eating, when your brain thinks of food, people normally mm. salivate, don't they? So it is essential. And there's an old an old proverb, isn't there? So it's drink your food and chew your water. Chew your food till it's liquidated so that all the saliva can help with the digestion process. Mm. Just the amount was shocking to me. Two swimming pools in a lifetime. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. So the first, <laughs> yeah, the first part of digestion is mastication. Go on then, what's your second okay. interesting Okay, 206, fact? which is the bones in an adult body. And one in eight of us has an extra pair of ribs, a 13th pair. Whilst um, people who are born with Down syndrome frequently have a pair of ribs missing. Hands and feet have more than half of the bones in the rest of the body. And until the early 2000s, no one knew that bones could produce hormones. Geneticist at Columbia University realised that osteocalcin is produced in the bones. It's not only a hormone, but it seems to be involved in several activities from helping manage glucose levels to boosting male fertility to influencing our moods and our memory. It could explain why exercise staves off Alzheimer's as stronger bones equal more osteocalcin. Ah, oh. yeah. See, I could do with some of that today because I've actually lost my hoover today. <laughs> so maybe I haven't been exercising enough. You're the first person in history to lose a hoover. I really have lost the hoover. It's worrying me. But here's a, here's a fact for you, not to do mm. with health or business or anything, but... Mm-hmm. It's actually called a vacuum cleaner, not a Hoover. Hoover is just yes, a brand. Yes, it's a brand name, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Well, whatever it's called, I've lost mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think the dogs took it. Oh, you know what? You know how like the, we work on a psychic energy and I'm yeah. just talking about losing the Hoover. I literally just got a message off my husband saying, he's actually saying, no bed. He <laughs> 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 sent me a picture of the Hoover in my car. Told you. See? So I found it. Told Yay, you. I'm not losing my mind. You know what it is, though? I think women, we've got that much stuff going on. We've got kids, dogs, businesses to run, all that kind of stuff. That Men just float, seem to float around. Don't get affected by any of this. Anyway, I'm not going into a rant, but now I found the Hoover, so I'm not getting Alzheimer's, so I'm pleased about that. Stephen found the Hoover. <laughs> Give him some credit. <laughs> not his fault. So there you go. Okay, Dan, what's your next one? So my next one is equally as disgusting as You're saliva. getting some good disgusting ones know, here. Yeah, so I'm going to go from saliva to dead skin. So each year, the average human sheds about three to four kilograms of dead skin. And most of that ends up in your house as what we think of, of as dust. Okay, so um, your vacuum cleaner or your hoover, you're going to need it. Because yeah. you've got three to four kilos of dead skin. But the skin is really important for detox and a lot of people have builds up of, of dead skin in certain areas so a good idea is to get a do a dry skin brushing and you'd be surprised how much dead skin comes off your body and can then allow the sweat glands and things to work a bit more efficiently and detox your body better mm. so and often it can be so effective that people sometimes get headaches after they do it because it kind of opens up the pores so much and they start to detox and you can get that kind of um that little bit of a detox feeling but yeah, so give it a go. But I thought three to four kilos was like a massive amount. If someone put four kilos of dead skin in your hand, you wouldn't believe that would come off you in a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I've noticed recently as well is because I've got eczema and it's quite bad on my hands. I never show anybody my hands because they like had years of 
putting steroids and things on them. But um, putting all this hand sanitizer stuff on has really set it off again. And there is a big theory that um, because obviously there's a microbiome that lives on your skin, all the, the bacteria, and it's quite good bacteria. And there is a theory that people with eczema don't have certain ones, um, certain types of bacteria, and killing it via the hand hand sanitizer stuff has really affected my hands and I'm, I just think oh I'm killing the good bacteria that I've spent so long trying to get back on my hands <laughs> yeah well that's what it does it kills the bad bacteria but it also kills the good bacteria it's the same as antibiotics so you have something uh, wrong with it, so it kills all the bad stuff but it also destroys all the good stuff as well mm, so instead of just doing it mindlessly you have to think is it is actually beneficial mm, so I'm not like massively a fan of putting that hand sanitizer on i'm just mm. imagine i'm just about caught with the soap <laughs> just get but, some natural soap yeah i know that's what i've done i've got like natural soap and then all the essential oils and stuff yeah <laughs> to get it all back so hopefully it'll be all right yeah so what's your next okay um, ten thousand, which is the amount of taste receptors that are in our mouth but we also have a greater number for pain receptors in our mouth as well. And because they exist side by side, sometimes they get muddled up, which is why when we eat a hot chili, as in spicy hot chili, it innovates the same neurons and that, activate, that you activate when you touch something hot. So effectively, your brain thinks you just put your tongue on a, into a flame. And that's why we get that feeling, that hot, horrible feeling. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered that. Because there's that fine line between when you have chili or curry or something where it tastes nice, but then it's too hot and you can sometimes mm. go a little bit over. Like you just want a nice kick of heat, but you still want the taste. Yeah. Sometimes it can go too far, can't it? You can't taste anything and your mouth's on fire. Yeah, you start to sweat. Mm. So you start detoxing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I think your body just melts sometimes when you get that hot. Yeah. So that's why. Because the receptors are in your mouth. Ah, no, great for pain. There you go. What's your cool. next one, Dad? We've already I've already spoke about saliva and dead skin. We're now going to talk about sweat. <laughs> you picked some quality ones here. Yeah. The average human has between two to five million sweat glands. And these are really important. So it's a really good agent of detox when you sweat. So obviously it comes through your skin. A good way to remember all the detox pathways is they all end in shin. So we've got perspiration, urination, defecation, and exhalation. And they all add up to detoxification. Mm. So it's a good idea to sweat quite often because, it, again, it gets all the bad stuff out because we have such a bombardment of nasty things, chemicals in food and in the air and coming at us all the time. If we can sweat it out, then yeah, it's always a good plan. But so we have a sweat glands to do that between two to 5 million, in fact. So yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. What do you think of deodorants, Dan? No, I don't use them. I thought you well, I, well, I, I use, <laughs> I use a one, a natural one called salt of the earth. Uh, it's not like invasive. Yeah. But the typical, antiperspirant ones they block them don't they yeah uh, what they got what i'm thinking the lymph nodes and things yeah especially mm. under your armpits uh, uh there's big lymph nodes isn't there yeah it's really dangerous isn't it now i'm a lot from a young age before i was a hippie and i used to just use deodorant and stuff it burns when you put it on your skin mm. like, literally like is that not the biggest sign ever that you shouldn't be doing it you wouldn't do anything yeah. else that burns your skin would you fair enough it might smell nice but to be honest the more you don't use them 
the harsher the smell is when you do smell them in the end. But no, mm. I, would never, I would never use them. Not now. No. No, no, me neither. I use, well, aluminium-free ones to start with because a lot of them contain aluminium. So do you want to put aluminium next to your lymph nodes? Yeah. Probably not. And yeah, there's some really good ones, actually. There's one from uh, Lush that you can get, which is the talc, but it's like really medicinal smell and I quite like it. It's quite yeah. nice. I know, um, we, I know we probably sound like hippies putting all these crazy lotions and stuff. <laughs> And our body, but if you just just a quick search online to to see the dangerous health effects of using traditional antiperspirant deodorant stuff, it's absolutely terrible. And there's so many other good alternatives out there. Yeah, and perfumes as well. I cannot bear like strong perfumes or aftershaves. It just make me feel sick now. Yeah, they do me as well. Yeah. Well, you use that one. You give me one, the Chakra Four. What's the company? I did. Oh, I can't remember the name of the company. You well, know, yeah, I so gave you one, didn't I? It's not harsh, is it? It's just no. It's, it's made like a natural of spray, yeah. natural oils, isn't it? Yeah. We used to spray it after we worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. Those ones are really nice. Yeah. Wow. But on the on the I same note, that. like on a similar theme, if with deodorants and stuff, if you need to wear them all the time because your your sweat stinks, it's a sign that you're doing something. Like you need to detox more. You need to watch what you're eating. You need to, there's another health effect going on. Your, your sweat shouldn't mm. really stink. You shouldn't have that body odor smell. Your if you're properly hydrated as well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't smell either because it's yeah. just water coming out of you. Yeah. So yeah, good one. Cool. What's your next one? 12% of people dream in black and white. And this used to be 15% when we only had black and white TVs. So there's how that shows you how the, much the brain is influenced by media. Yeah. Is it true that dogs only see black and white? I don't know. I've never asked one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get a very good answer, but isn't that, isn't that the... I've heard of that, yeah. yeah. They, but dogs, their eyesight isn't their main sense, is it? It's uh, smell. The smell, yeah. So they, like, our dog hasn't really got very... If, if you're walking along on a beach or something, do you see someone who kind of looks like, say, my dad, like a similar height and stuff, she'll run towards them and have to shout her back, go, no, that's not, that's not your granddad. Yeah. <laughs> she'll think that and like children on beaches as well she thinks of the boys sometimes oh, right. the eyes aren't that good until she gets quite close and she really gets quite close to them before i think the smell kicks in or something she yeah. realizes it's not them yeah they live through the nose and the mouth don't they really yeah so it's quite interesting that um that they do that but yeah can you imagine dreaming in black i used to have black and white dreams actually i remember when i was young i don't know what a dream in. i've never really thought if they're in color or not i assume they're in color but I couldn't tell you yes or no definitively, to be honest. Do you have really vivid dreams? Occasionally, not not consistently, no. I do, all the time. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wish I did because the, well, it's good and bags if you have a nightmare, which is really vivid. It, you can hold on to it for the rest of the day, can't you? Yeah. Oh, my dreams are like so vivid. Once I dreamt that I was the Bishop of Durham, <laughs> the first lady <laughs> Bishop of Durham. And I woke up, I even had the speech and everything ready to like say it. I was really disappointed that I came back to real life and I wasn't <laughs> the actual Bishop of Durham. <laughs> and then another day I was flying the Starship Enterprise and trying to land it in a Dublin supermarket car park. <laughs> <laughs> Successfully or not? Yeah, I think so. But, uh, yeah, so there you Have go. You- can you, do some people have the ability to be in a dream, then they might get up in the middle of the night and go to the toilet and come back, go back to sleep oh, yeah. and then pick up where that, you left yeah. off? Yeah, oh, I do that all crazy. the time. I've never done that. And then my husband used to work night shifts, so he'd be coming in 
early as I was just like waking up and he used to be able to talk to me while I was in my dream. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it got, can't remember what you said. <laughs> I've got no idea. Nah, I should have got you to agree, to agree to stuff. Like, I know. Can I go out with the lads on Friday night for a, <laughs> a session and then, and then watch the football and then? <laughs> he used to say things like, where are you? And I'd be describing like where I am in my dream. Yeah. Very bizarre. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like during hypnosis when people do like past life regressions and mm. stuff. The, the hypnotist will ask them questions and people respond, don't they? I would never, ever do any of that kind of hypnosis thing because I think I'd be so suggestive. Suggestive, yeah. <laughs> Like my brain would be, yeah. I'd totally go under. Mm. Like if anybody does deep meditations or something, I'm off flying around the world. It's like... Yeah. Well, lucid dreaming, people do that, don't they? Yeah. Astral projections and things like that. Mm. Do you reckon dreaming is, it's really important for brain health, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's like anything you wouldn't do it if it wasn't needed. It's like a download, isn't it? Yeah, I find them really interesting. And some people get up when they keep dream diaries. So as soon as you wake up, write your dream down, then you can... There's common themes, isn't there? So a quite common one is people dream of the teeth falling out and mm. people have tracked them to different meanings. Yeah. So there's, quite, there's quite a few common ones. I don't know too much about it, but it is interesting. Didn't um, one of the Rolling Stones, which one, Ronnie Wood, the other one? Keith Richards, didn't he write Simply for the Devil or something in his dream? One of the oh, really? famous no, Rolling Stone songs came to him in a dream and he now keeps a um like a, a recorder tape recorder kind of thing not a tape recorder that's like so 1980s but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and um that <laughs> keeps it by his bed and he sometimes because if he gets like the thing in the night he just he says sometimes it's just rambling rubbish but other yeah. times he gets like this like the words of a song or a rhythm yeah. or something well don't you find you're most creative just before you go to sleep or just when you wake up you have those ideas and you think, oh, I should really write that down. But oh, I can't be bothered. And then you, by the time you wake then up, you, you forget. forget. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So my yeah. last one is for health is about breath. So the average human takes between 12 to 20 breaths per minute. But obviously 20 is quite high, which can be a sign of an incorrect breathing pattern. So, you know, when people just chest breathe mm. around the neck, uh, kind of hyperactive. So we should try and slow down and get that number down as much as we can because we know deep breathing helps you relax. Mm. So ideally, your, your diaphragm should expand. So if you put your hand on your belly and your hand on your chest, when you take a nice deep breath, for the first two-thirds of that breath, your belly should expand. And just the final third, it should be your chest. So then your breathing's going to slow down. You're going to enrich your blood with oxygen better and you're just going to feel a bit more chilled. So, Yeah. And did you know that, speaking of breathing, the left lung is slightly smaller than the right because of the way the, the heart is positioned. So I think it's mm. something like 10% smaller. Cool. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> the, um, I've been watching, you know, that behavior panel that I'm still obsessed with. So it's for behavioral experts. I think I've mentioned it on another podcast. You can watch them on YouTube and they analyze like people getting interviewed, like famous people like Prince Andrew. And I was watching one on Joanne Lees. Can you remember her boyfriend got murdered in the Australian outback? And she said she got tied up and was found in the bush. But her story never really matched. Vaguely, yeah, yeah. Her behaviour never really matched. And uh, she had a famous interview a couple of years ago and they were um, they were analysing her. And they talk a lot about um, chest breathing when you're under stress because they're looking at how many rates. And they look at the foot, you know, when your foot goes like taps. Yeah. And they say that's that that equals the rate of breath. 
So when you're tapping your foot, when you're getting stressed, you know, when watch Prince Andrew, because you can see his full body when he's getting interviewed. And when he when he's getting asked stressful questions, his foot's going. And yeah. uh, they were saying like that, and if it increases, it that shows his breathing patterns increasing as yeah, well. It's yeah. not the same rate, the foot tap to the breath rate, but, but it's it correlation. Shows, yeah, the increase and that interesting. So they were they were, were saying about I was watching the one on the McCanns the other day when the McCanns were getting interviewed and they were saying like it's all the stress was in the chest and interesting, really interesting like how you when you're holding on to a lot of stress, it's all up here in your chest. Yeah, so we need to breathe deep. Breathe. Go on then, what's your last your my last one for health is six hundred, and that is the amount of muscles that are in the body. And the strongest muscle is the jaw muscle. I'm not going to say the name because I can't say it. Mass, mastitis, mastitis muscle. And your bite force is measured in newtons. And a typical adult male can muster 400 newtons. And an orangutan can do five times that. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? So don't get bit off an orangutan anytime soon. Yeah. I wonder why we lost the power of the bite, whereas apes kept it. Some evolutionary process. Probably because we started cooking food or something. The development of fire. Mm. But do we really, we wouldn't really need to bite five times as hard, will we? But aren't orangutans are vegetarians? So what have they got all that that bite power for, I wonder? Yeah, don't know. I'll have to ask one in one of your dreams. Next time I see one, I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, with, with muscles, your biggest one is in your backside, isn't it? So the glutes. And your smallest one is in your, your ear. So we were talking before we came on air and I have a weird thing where I can wiggle my left ear independently, but I kind of, I kind of do my right one. <laughs> but apparently I think it's only like half of people can move the ears independent of the rest of the face. And then only one third of those people can move one. So I am that special one. You so are I can move special. my left ear, but not my right one. So I don't know what's going on there. So like how far does it move? It's like a dog. <laughs> it like, I can like fully like, oh, you can't see if you've got my headphones up, but I can fully wiggle it, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like a, that's my one boring it's like pa- party trick. piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wiggle me left there, yeah. <laughs> how bizarre. It's funny, isn't it, how like we've got stuff left over from like evolution that some of us have got and some of us haven't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like weird, like that tongue thing, you know, where people can roll their tongue. Yeah. I know, it's weird, huh? Yeah, I can do that. I can roll my tongue. Yeah, I can do that. I think well. most people can, can't they? But I bet they can't wiggle the left ear. No, that's a, that's a special talent that you've got. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we fly on to business facts? Go on then. Go on then. What's your first business fact? The first one is 996, which at the time of recording is the number of downloads we've had for our podcast. Woo! So we're so close to that 1K mark. Ah, oh, Dan. That's only in six weeks. I think it's been a success, hasn't it? We're loving it. Oh, we're loving it. I know. We're loving doing our podcast. We hope you're loving listening to it as well. Well, I'm sure the 1,000 downloads, it's not just me and you downloading them repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there are some people out there. <laughs> It'll only let you count as one. I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the time this is released, hopefully we will, we will be over 1,000. So Yay! Oh, Thanks, listeners. That's so good. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thanks. That's good. Cool. So what's your first business fact? Okay, 60% of businesses in the UK are made up of sole traders. Now, I wonder how that is going to be affected by the COVID-19 virus. Yeah, it will have some effect, won't it? A lot of sole traders Sadly. will struggle, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a sole trader. Well, that kind of leads into my next fact really quick. Mm-hmm. With the pandemic, a lot of small businesses went went the journey, didn't they? Unfortunately, mm. but it wasn't all doom and gloom for the economy. Got some particularly big business, which is not really what we're talking about. But you'd be surprised how many big businesses flourished because of the coronavirus, and they did really well, didn't they? Mm. So things like Amazon, Netflix, like pharmaceutical companies and supermarkets, their business has never been better. I know. It's just the way the market went, wasn't it? So and Zoom as well. So to chuck some numbers in, pre COVID nineteen, the Zoom stock price was sixty eight dollars, and during lockdown, it peaked at one hundred and fifty nine dollars. Yeah, was a- so it went up about what's that about two point five x? It went up, and that's mm. that's massive. And like in a couple of months, yeah, these, that was one of the winners. Of, hey, yeah, a lot of these huge businesses did even better during the coronavirus. So. Yeah, it sucks for the little sole traders and the independent businesses who who couldn't operate. Yeah. Didn't Jeff Bezos become the first trillionaire or something? He's he's on route to becoming the first trillionaire. Yeah. Gosh, you know what? How can somebody have that much money? It's just yeah. unreal, isn't it? I don't even know what a trillion is. How many how many billions is a trillion? I don't know. Gosh, I can't even is it a thousand? I can't. Is it, it must be a thousand a thousand billion. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's almost incomprehensible, isn't it? Did you know his father was a circus performer? I do now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, can you imagine? Apparently, um, like, four of the wealthiest people in the world could actually end poverty. Oh, yeah, I fully believe that. Mm. It's the way money's used, isn't it? So with all the money in the world, and, and if you didn't spend it on wars and people just hoard it and things like that. You could repair the earth's soil, you could clean the oceans, you could end poverty, like all of that stuff, but it doesn't work like that, does it? So they want to vaccinate us. Yeah. And go to space. when the earth... Make more money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've took a bit of a turn. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then, watch, watch your next fact. We'll try and cheer it up a little bit. <laughs> I knew I'd get some conspiracy stuff in somewhere. Yeah. Okay. A yeah. Uh, 150. That's the average time a day that someone checks their mobile phone. That's a lot, isn't it? 150 times a day. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are a small business or any business and you've not got a mobile friendly website or you've not got a social media presence, then you are missing a massive trick. I can see how it happens. Some people probably do it a lot more, particularly if you do it for, if you're on Facebook to connect with your friends and you're doing it with business as well. It's non-stop because in business, you, you might miss out on an opportunity. You'd like have, me. You want to have um, touch points with your customers. Yeah, I run my business through Facebook. And then I've also got my core club runs through WhatsApp. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So uh, I'm never off my phone, but yeah. So when I go on, but I do switch it off at eight o'clock on mm. a night and then it's off all night. Well, there's some people now do, there's a gain in popularity in a digital detox, isn't there? People are even doing a dopamine detox where they, they give up all the things that are the short-term pleasure, like looking at your phone mm-hmm. and like sugary foods and coffee and television. It's those things that give you a, a quick hit. So they do a yeah. dopamine detox where they try and give up all those things and try and reset the happiness receptors. I think it's a good idea, but I imagine it's very, very hard to do. 
Yeah, I think um, I was watching a TED talk this morning from a psychologist and he was saying the problem with today is we're easily distractible. So mm. we never get into that flow state, that focused flow state, because we just pings and things going off all the time. I have my phone constantly on silent. It drives everyone mad who's trying to get us because um, if it doesn't ping, I can't bear it pinging all the time. Harders. <laughs> yeah, it just so, if, you, if you're trying to do something important, it just distracts you all the time. Yeah. I can totally see how that's relevant. It probably is the biggest problem with people not getting stuff done. Mm. They might be at work doing something important, then you get an email come through and that takes you away from that flow state and mm-hmm. from what could be a really good piece of work then just gets distracted and you never get back to that flow state and you just waste hours and days and probably a full career. So yeah. there is techniques which you can do to eliminate that. So we've spoke about the Pomodoro technique, turn mm. everything off, set a timer, and in that 20 to 25 minutes, get as much done as you can and then do something totally different for five minutes and then come back to it. But don't be distracted by little things. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I've found with the kids being home all the time. And it takes like for every distraction, it takes 20 minutes to get your brain back to where it was. So it's like the kids always like, and it's not their fault. They've been thrust into this as well. They're just like trying to do their work and asking questions all the time. And you're like, oh, every 20 minutes, every, it took me 20 minutes to get back to my, my flow state now. But yeah, that's just one of the things that we've had to deal with. So yeah. what's your next one? Next up, some percentages about how long uh, small businesses last uh, or survive. So okay. 70% survive the first two years. Mm-hmm. 50% make it to five years. Only 30% survive up to 10 years. And only 25% of small businesses make it to the 15-year mark. Wow. So it's a cutthroat business. It certainly is. I think what people don't realize when you're running your own business is it's relentless and you have to protect your own energy. And I think people get burned out quite quickly. Like you said, what was the figure that didn't get to five years? So, what's, so there's yeah. only also 70%. 70%. And also 50% make it to five years, 70% make it to two years. So out of all, so half of all, yeah. So half of all businesses in the first five years are gone. Yeah. And I, th- I think the reason is that people don't realize how intense it is. Like it, you don't stop. Yeah. Ever. Like you see, you're probably scared of missing opportunities as well. Mm. So you work the weekends and then your health might deteriorate, which means long-term yeah. that your business isn't going to survive. I think that people neglect the health aspect, which is a big mistake. Yeah. So but take breaks when be... you need them. Yeah. Yeah. Yourself because we've already spoke about another episode, haven't we? There's a, a direct correlation between mm. the health of the owner and the health of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to protect your own energy. It's absolutely vital. I would say it was probably the most important part of running your own business is protecting yeah. your own health. Yeah. No, that's a really good advice, isn't it? Yeah. And I would say that probably the majority of them that don't reach five years, that's possibly the reason why they just get burned out and yeah. not bothered anymore. Sometimes less is more. I know like initially you have you have to have that impetus and that surge to get your business off the ground. But mm. eventually that's not going to be sustainable. You, you kind of burn the candle at both ends. Yeah. And then it's building a business that works for you rather than you working for it. Yeah, so automation's the big part, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. And then eventually hiring people. Yeah. As, as well, who can you have to trust to take some of the onus off you. Mm-hmm. Go on then, what's your next fact? 94%. And that is the amount of people in the world that recognize the Cork brand. 
Yeah, that's amazing, that, isn't it? 94% of people in the mm. world recognise the Coke, Coca-Cola Brandon. I bet it's not, I bet McDonald's isn't far off. I bet they're not either. I wonder what or that is. Apple. <laughs> yeah, absolutely huge. And even like the word Google, mm-hmm. it's now, it well, probably will be in the dictionary, won't it? Do you know what Google was going to be called originally? I just found this out when I was researching this podcast. What? Come on then. It was going to be called Backrub. <laughs> totally but, was. But yeah, like that's, we laugh at that, but what, what does Google mean? Yeah. Like it's, just, it's, a, it's just as weird, but you just get used to it. It's a measurement, isn't it? A Googleplex. It's a number. Is it? But where did it, is that where you got it from? It's after a trillionaire, you become a googly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A Googleplexian. Yeah, it's a measurement of space, uh, I think. A I lot think of time don't... people, a lot, a lot of like new business owners, I've heard, I've listened to interviews and stuff where like successful businessmen, someone will ask them, oh, what shall I call me business? Is it really important? And really it's not because once you make up the business name or brand, then people just, they just assume that that's what it is. Like Apple, how boring is that really? But you know, associated with yeah. that brand. And that was meant to be from Alan Turing, wasn't it? Who ate the poison apple. The father of um, computers. That's why Apple has a bite out of it. All oh, right, so I didn't know that. Alan Turing, he was on the one of the notes, 20 pound note, 10 pound note, he did the Enigma code. Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, there we <laughs> played go. him in the film. He, um, <laughs> so he, yeah, so he got medically castrated because he was gay. Like really, actually hideous way to treat one of the greatest minds that's ever lived. Yeah, and um, I, so I didn't know that till I watched the film. It's a really sad ending, isn't it? Oh, horrendous! And he committed suicide by injecting an apple with arsenic or cyanide, something, something horrible. And he took a bite out of it. And, Killed himself, and that's what the Apple logo is meant to represent. Right, I didn't know. Yeah. So ninety-four percent of the world recognise the Coca-Cola brand. Yeah. Mental, because we were talking before that. There's some places in, I think it's particularly in Africa where it's you can get Coca-Cola, but you can't get clean water. Oh gosh, what is the world coming to, Dan? Yeah, I think there's the it's somewhere in the in the states where. There's the biggest Coca-Cola factory or the, the original one. I don't know what it is, but they have a, a counter on the wall of how many, I think it's like bottles of Coke are getting sold and the numbers just like the board can barely keep up. It's mm. just selling that much. It'll be a Googleplex soon. Oh, probably, yeah, more than that. <laughs> cool. So my next one is 51.49, which is actually means 51% to 49%. So this is, I've spoken about them before. He's called Gary V, and he's like an entrepreneur, businessman. He has a lot of a big presence online, YouTube, things like that. But his uh, that it means always give someone fifty percent, fifty one percent, and always take and always take forty nine. But what it really means is just don't be someone who takes all the time. Make sure you give more than what you take. We always, we all know those people who the only contact you when they want something, or they're all just take, take, take. Be the other way around. If it's a business deal, always give. A little bit more than what you take, and then your return customer customs going to be a lot better. Mm, so fifty one forty nine, he swears by it, and it just something clicked in my head when I thought that. So if you can try and over deliver, essentially, is what mm. it is. Over un, was it under promise and over deliver? Yeah, which I always try to work to as well. Yeah, cool. So what's your next one? Sixty um, percent of UK employment is through small and medium businesses, which is huge, isn't it? 
yeah. 60%, which is Massive. what we're experiencing at the moment, isn't it? That small and medium businesses are struggling because they're mainly probably hospitality and service industries, which are um, struggling right now. Yeah. And, and it's one of the, the big industries to be hit is the, the travel and tourism industry, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So you get a lot of independent like restaurant owners and things like that around the world who rely on tourism and it's mm-hmm. just vanished. So they'll be struggling. It is. It, it's, um, it is a struggle. And yeah, we'll wait and see eh, how that one pans mm. out. I know, yeah. Right, so my final one is one inch. So that stands for, so the saying is inch wide, mile deep. Mm. So you want to treat each customer like they're your one and only customer. <laughs> really take an interest in them. Because if you just, if you make a sale and then just forget about the customer, then your chances of them coming back are pretty slim. So really try and cultivate a relationship, especially if you're a small business trying to get up and running. You want to mm-hmm. establish uh, loyal customers. So find out what they're interested in. And then as well, you, you have to have an online presence, which we've already spoke about earlier, but it's so crowded online. It's hard to create that personal relationship but it, when you do get a customer become invested in them and the chances that they're going to refer people to you because they trust the friends or the family is going to increase so most of your best customers will actually come from referrals if you are like a small business so mm-hmm. don't just try and cast your net and get everyone find a few and really get invested in them and you're going to get customers for life so yeah one inch an inch an inch wide and a mile deep yeah, that's a good one. And I had a, I've got an example of that actually yesterday. Um, I have this system set up, this automated system where I offer a, like a call. So I was, I rang this lady and I was saying, oh God, you know, it's in the middle of the day. It's a bad time for me, blah, blah, blah. But I rang her. She's ended up buying like a hundred quids worth of stuff, you know, yeah. like signing up for programs and things. And it's just like, you know, I had a good chat with her and, you know, so you've got to, you don't know where your customers are going to be or who they what they're going to buy what they're going to do you know so it's well worth it i think yeah that's it's just living proof that that, it works doesn't it Mm. and if you do that over months and years then people i'd say make your customers your stars so Mm. we're in the health industry if you get someone healthy they're just a walk and talk and advertisement but if you don't really give them anything and you're always trying to get new customers all the time Mm. your current customers are going to lose out what is it it's cheaper to look after your current customers than it is to attract new ones yeah i can fully imagine that mm. yeah good one okay so what's your final um 20 of small and medium enterprises are led by women i would have thought it would be higher than that yeah you mentioned this earlier and just with the fact that online businesses are so prevalent now i thought that would be higher because there's no those kind of old school prejudices don't exist uh, online no. do they so no it might be increasing it could be an increasing number Maybe um, the COVID thing will change that. Yeah. Come on, girls. <laughs> Get starting your own businesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> opportunities out there. There are loads of opportunities. Mm. I was going to start singing the Pet Shop Boys then, but I was. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll end before you break <laughs> into song. Yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I like going through facts and figures and statistics because you always end up finding out something that you never knew. I know, but you're not today. Yeah. My brain's like, had enough information for one day. <laughs> Can't but the fact that you found the Hoover is the most important part. And I found the Hoover in the middle of all this. The vacuum yeah. cleaner. The vacuum cleaner. 
Yeah. yeah. But listeners, if you have any interesting facts and figures, or you can wiggle your left ear like me that you didn't think anyone else could, then let us know. Yeah, indeed. I don't think anyone else <laughs> has that talent, Dan. I think yeah. it's only you. <laughs> but yeah, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that and absolutely. And of course, please subscribe and follow and leave us a review. We love to read them. And of course, we're nearly there at our thousand. Whoop. Yep. Next up, 10K, coming up fast. Yeah. <laughs> that might be a while yet, Dan, but yeah. well, we've got it in for something, right? That's there. I can see it already. Visualization. Cool. Visualize positive yeah. mental attitude. Let's go but, for it. Uh, yeah. It's not all about the numbers though, because we, no. we just enjoy doing it, don't we? Yeah. We love it. We're loving it. And if you're listening to it, we're loving doing them. So yeah. keep listening. Great. So where can people find the pod and Joe? Finding the pod is on the Small Business Whole Health podcast at Podbean. That's where it's hosted. But we can, we're can we also on iTunes and Spotify and Google and Stitcher. And if there's anywhere else that I've not said that you'd like to listen to your podcast, then let me know and I'll get us added onto there. Brilliant. And where can people find you individually? I am at organicpilates.co.uk and I'm still, when this goes out, we'll have all my studio. No, not yet. I'm still opening my studio, getting it all ready, getting it revamped. And it's going to be a haven of calm in this crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you going to be, Dan? The uh, best place where to find me you? is on Facebook at Daniel Purvis Health and Fitness. And yeah, again, on the pod, we are just taking over the pod world. So we're everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere in podland. So thanks everyone. We'll see you again on another episode soon. Bye.